You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Oh, Let's yeah. go! Oh, yeah. Woo! Yeah, baby! Let's go! Oh, there okay. is. Okay! This is happening. This is a full staff meltdown. Yes! Excitement. We are not well at Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The sweet, sweet tones you hear can mean only one thing. Football! Football's back. But ball baby there is so much excitement pigskin. we have spent <laughs> months talking about where the mass singers being filmed who's sleeping with who who's angry at who who's not on whose roster finally tonight we can just stop all the madness and talk about Football. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance. Sarah, the level of excitement for this entire show staff is off the rails. I mean, you play that music, and that's what happens. Everybody just starts yelling, and that's part of the fun. How could we be expected to work right now is what I'm wondering. I got several texts that were like, I assume that your show has been bumped for the football, and you would like to come to the bar. And I said, oh, but no, we will be working when we should be watching football. Yeah, uh, look, this is going to be problematic later in the year when the Raiders play on a Monday night. I already feel <laughs> a cough coming on for that night, but realistically, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just got, <clears throat> so there we go. It's already happening, right? Uh, now, th- there's this element of a Thursday night football when you understand the importance of the first game of the season because frankly it it just tells everybody to take a deep breath and now we all know that for the next whatever four months we know what we'll be doing every Thursday every Sunday every Monday it just takes over the entire country in every good way brings everybody together around some of these teams around some of these games and uh, we always get a marquee matchup and we'll get that tonight 820 Eastern is this one's going to kick off and you get the Rams against the Bills in LA the Rams in that beautiful stadium coming in as Super Bowl champ taking on most people's Super Bowl favorites in the Bills. The NFL doesn't do anything by mistake. Putting this matchup together for the first night of the season is going to distract everybody from all of the other BS, and we can finally just love football. Yeah, agreed. I mean, uh, there's a lot to talk about with this matchup, Fitz. This is a really fascinating game and I think one of the things that's going to happen is later on in the year when you start throwing around statistics of this team you know beat this team or they bested another sometimes late on we forget that this is game one and so I think there's a little bit less stress and pressure in the first week of the season especially when you look at a team like the Bills that has a tendency to roll out more and more complex offenses as the year goes on. We'll see if that's the case with Ken Dorsey instead of Brian Dable as they have a new offensive coordinator taking control of pass calling. But I do think the pressure is there to start off the season right, but less so because this game would mean all the more if it was week 10, 11, 12, when you know that they're, in theory, at their peak. I think the offensive play calling change you may you mentioned is the biggest difference in this game for me. Vegas has uh, the Bills favored by two and a half, and the, the reason I like the Bills to win this football game is because even though there's been an offensive coordinator change on both sides of the ball, the Rams are still going to be run through McVay. We all know that. Ken Dorsey comes in as the new offensive coordinator for the Bills with a real chance to decide – Does he want to run the football more? Does he want to try to attempt to have more balance? Like, how is he going to play? How is he going to call a game? Those are small variables when you have two very evenly matched teams coming out of a preseason that we've seen basically nothing. And I think it it plays into a big part of what we have to talk about when it comes to these teams. Because when you are as talented as they are, little things will make a huge difference in week one. 
So you're taking the Bills because of Ken Dorsey. Yeah, 100%. I think it just makes it a little bit tougher. Weirdly, when you're talking about a new offensive coordinator with this much talent, usually, you know me, I love proof of concept. But in this one, I think that having a new offensive coordinator makes it a little trickier to game plan because you don't know his tendencies Hmm. the same way, especially when he's never been in this position at the NFL level. So, you know, it it turns around and suddenly makes it tougher for McVay and the Rams to know what to expect from formation and what to accept and expect from movement. Like, I think it's actually an advantage. I don't disagree with that. I think there is going to be a feeling out process there. You've also got a new OC in Liam Cohen with the Rams. He was their quarterback and wide receiver coach in years prior, but was uh, at Kentucky last season. I think you, you see how that looks. You've got Matt Stafford, whose arm allegedly feels fine. Um, And my money tonight, I think the Bills are a better team over the course of the season. I think the Rams start stronger, not just tonight, but through the first four or five games because their schedule is much friendlier early on than the Bills is. But McVay is where I put my trust for this game. He has a 5-0 record in Week 1 games, perfect 5-0, and he has never been head coach of the Rams for a single game with his team below 500. 81 straight. So That's why that is tonight. wild. That is an they insane lose tonight stat. And they're below 500. That streak ends. I just have belief in McVay getting this team ready and it taking a little bit longer for Josh Allen and the Bills. Also, Josh Allen struggles against the zone. It's something that the Rams do a lot of. And the Bills will also be without Tredavious White, their top corner. So I think there's some elements of this game that have me giving the Rams the nod tonight, even though I'm still very high on the Bills. One thing, it's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. One thing that that really stands out to me, too, is I want to see what Von Miller looks like in this game because the argument has been made that the Bills have put themselves in the right situation. We all know that the last couple of years in the playoffs. And sometimes you just need that one locker room presence that knows how to push you over the edge. I keep reading about it. I keep thinking about it. Like, Von Miller going to this team can really provide them with one extra piece of just experience and how to handle the Mm -hmm. moment. And I do think that there's some emotion to that because it should be an emotional night at SoFi, right? Like, when you're talking about the first home game of the beginning of the season, uh, coming into a weekend that that let's not get lost on the fact that the NFL weekend's kicking off on 9-11, I think there's a million reasons why this can be emotional. Plus, the Rams are getting, uh, you know, their Super Bowl rings. Like, you, you, you put all of this together. It's just... A, a real opportunity for the Rams to have the motion on their side. I'm interested in how Von Miller can just step in and be a veteran leader that helps mm-hmm. everybody normalize some of that uh, emotion. Well, and Von can obviously give some trade secrets coming straight from the Rams to the Bills. Um, this is this is that's just one of the storylines, right? Um, and I think you have to also take into account how much does a ceremony and a and a return to the stadium post Super Bowl affect the uh, the Rams emotionally does it does it spur them on to even more excitement and energy and enthusiasm do they get overwhelmed by it does it distract them um you know there's there's plenty to watch on that end and on the Bills side they are full of expectation how do they handle that this is a team that's favored to win the Super Bowl for the for, or to make the Super Bowl for the first time since 1992. Mm. And as much as we would like to think that wasn't that long ago, when you do the math, it sure is. So how are they <laughs> starting out this season? We know that a lot of the pieces of this team are expected to be great. Do they show up right away or does it take some time? 
one of the pieces that expected to be great here would be the defensive front for the Bills, and that's something that Bruce Smith, Pro Football Hall of Famer, talked about on Barton Hahn today when he talked about the greatness the Bills have in that spot. This is collectively the best defensive front that the Buffalo Bills have ever had. Uh, you look down the line of scrimmage, and we have depth. Ed Oliver, Greg Russo, A.J., Boogie Basham, just to name a few. And then you throw in the mix a Von Miller that commands a double team, team and, and attention throughout the whole entire game. It creates and puts a lot of pressure on the opposing offense. Coming from Bruce Smith, I think, has a lot of weight. But it is a reminder that we talk a lot about Aaron Donald, but, man, the Bills, you mentioned it a second ago, Sarah, the Bills' defense is just going to be scary, scary good. We'll we'll keep everybody updated tonight on what's going on there. Plus, uh, we'll make sure you're updated on huge WNBA action. We'll get into that a little later in the show. It's all on the line for two teams in the WNBA. But in the meantime, the Rams are representing the NFC West tonight. We're going to preview the entire division next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. The NFL season is finally here. We are about an hour away from kickoff. Two of the best teams in the entire league facing each other, and it gives us the opportunity to preview one of the best divisions in all of football this year. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Obviously, we're about 45 minutes away from tip in a huge game in the WNBA between Connecticut and Chicago. We'll make sure you're updated on that. And we are about an hour away from kickoff of the NFL season. And obviously, with the Rams taking on the Bills tonight, it becomes a great opportunity to preview the NFC West, Sarah. And a quick Shameless plug, by the way, for all of you uh, people out there that like to dabble in some of the gambling. Uh, There's a good article out on ESPN.com on the Chalk site, just ESPN.com slash Chalk, to get you some of your betting tips for tonight. I shamelessly plug that because I wrote as part of that article, so I'm just like throwing it out. It's all about a plug. Uh, But get out there and get some of your betting action. Speaking of betting, Vegas right now, not surprisingly, has the Bills as a favorite. Let's just start there. We're all all over. The Rams as the favorite. We should say the NFC West. The Rams as the favorite. I don't think either of us disagree with that, right? Like the Rams feel like they're going to clearly win this division. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a real opportunity for the 49ers to surprise if Trey Lance hits the ground running, but there are way too many question marks there for me. So it makes a lot more sense to look at a Rams team who essentially returns pretty much everyone. Their only big change uh, was, you know, losing a couple guys to retirement and injury and then adding Allen Robinson, uh, kind of out of the norm for them to do it via free agency. But um, if you're looking at a team that's bringing back everybody pretty much, except for a couple guys, uh, the odds are in their favor. Right, and you mentioned the 49ers. According to Vegas, the Rams are the favorite to win the division, then the 49ers, Cardinals, and Seahawks. I don't think there's a Mm -hmm. lot of surprise about much of that, frankly. I know we agreed on a lot last night, but actually I really agree with you when it comes to San Francisco. Like This is a roster top to bottom that I think there's a ton to love about, but the yeah, but is a huge yeah, but. And and I'm not going to say that Trey Lance is going to stink. I'm just going to say that Trey Lance is the ultimate incomplete right now. I don't think any of us can really know what to expect from a quarterback that we've seen so little of, not just even in the NFL, but even in college football. Like the, The projections are all just that. Like Right now we're just throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks if we think there's any projection on what Trey Lance is actually going to look like. 
Yeah, I mean, there's so many upsides because of his athleticism. He can run in the open field. He stresses defenses downfield. He will be paired with a defense that will give him hopefully good field position and rest. And, you know, it could be extremely exciting for this 49ers team. On the other hand, there could be major swings of inconsistency. And the system could make it so that they aren't blowing teams out and scoring at a high enough rate to keep up. Um, and, you know, it's somehow could be both a good thing and a bad thing that Jimmy G ended up staying there. If he's terrible or injured, they've got a guy who's gotten them almost to the Super Bowl twice. If he instead is sort of this shadow hanging over Trey Lance, that could doom things from the beginning. One of the things that surprises me is right now, if you look at the way the Vegas odds are lined out, the Rams are what they call, it's plus 125. And for anyone that doesn't know, that means if you bet $100, you get 125 back, right? That's a, Those are pretty small odds compared to uh, many. The Rams are plus 165. That's actually really close. So in a lot of ways, it looks like Vegas feels like the Rams and the 49ers are going oh, to be very competitive with each other. A lot of people are picking the Niners. A lot of good people are picking the Niners to win the division. Um I, I, you know, it might be age, it might be Super Bowl hangover or or burnout on the on the behalf of Aaron Donald and McVay because of the rumors of potentially retiring. But I'm surprised by that, and I'm not there yet with the Niners. Um, I I I feel like the way you had it to start is the way I'm picking this. Not to make my prediction too early in this segment, but might as well. I've got Rams, Niners, Cardinals, Seahawks. Yeah. Um, Bill Barnwell on the Bill Barnwell show. He was actually on ESPN Daily the last two days. He and Pablo, by the way, are a delight together, especially today. There was an ongoing music fest theme. There's a lot of jokes about Tom Brady's plastic surgery. The banter was excellent, and so was the information. This is what he had to say about the Cardinals, which I think in the offseason, and, and especially heading into last year, hopes were a lot higher. Now we've just seen the same thing over and over, and they have to prove otherwise for us to believe in them. The Cardinals... Meanwhile, have faded in each of Cliff Kingsbury's first three seasons as a head coach, going 16-8-1 during the first half of the season and 8-16 and during the second half, including a blowout loss to the Rams last year in the wildcard round. The Cardinals are a top-heavy team with significant depth issues and questions on the offensive line and in the secondary, which gets figured out year after year. I don't think 2022 is going to be an exception. And he didn't even have to mention that Hopkins is going to be gone until midseason, which is the big you know reason to believe in this offense and Kyler but at some point that can't be good enough right like when you're paying Kyler Murray what you're paying him and when there are expectations around Cliff Kingsbury you got to look at it at some point and say the, the the goal for the Cardinals is not to be the third best team in the division that's scrapping to try and be a wild card it's to try and be one of the better teams in the division so I keep looking at this year thinking okay if the ultimate goal is to be a Super Bowl contender, either Kyler Murray's going to have to make a big jump, or Cliff Kingsbury's going to have yeah. to make a big jump in what he's capable of. So, like, I I think you're well. Kyler is is in right. I mean, that contract means that it doesn't matter whether he makes a leap; they're stuck with him, which means Kingsbury's going to go, and they're going to look for a different offense. The air raid is not doing it, and they're gonna they're gonna refresh with the constant being the guy that you know, maybe has a lot more potential that will remain unrealized than they would hope. Yeah, and that's the interesting part about this. Like, if all the Cardinals do this year is what most experts think they'll do, I think that gets a lot of people fired, like, which is mm -hmm. just speaks to where they are. The Seahawks are, are, are sort of the, the weird one in this uh, as they are a distant last place in the eyes of most. 
and and that comes down largely most let's be real that's about the quarterback position right like most of us are looking around and saying okay everybody else in that division at least has an answer of what they're trying to accomplish it doesn't feel like the Seahawks do they go into a little bit of a rebuild where they're not bad enough to be in a full rebuild but they're not good enough to really be a a massive contender yeah we're going to talk to um the man who wrote the article, Brady Henderson, about the Seahawks and Russ and this split that that resulted in them being in this weird space right now. Uh, but Bill talked about them, too. And unfortunately, he didn't have good news for Seahawks fans who are trying to look at one particular statistic and spin it in a positive way. I'm going to make Seahawks fans very sad. The 2021 Seahawks were 7-10. and But by Football Outsiders' DVOA statistic, they were the eighth best team in football. The last time a team with a losing record finished in the top 10 in DVOA, it was the 2016 Eagles who won the Super Bowl the following season. The Seahawks are not winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> I love how he didn't give a reason. He wasn't like, and here's why. He was just like, listen, I'm not even going to spend any more time on this. Don't get your hopes up. Uh, the, the amazing thing is that Bill effortlessly rattles off analytics that I don't even know like wh- where you started on that. Like I'm the kid that walks into the library, opens the encyclopedia, and I'm like, well, these are words. Bill's the person <laughs> that walks in, and he's like, oh, I know exactly what I'm looking for, and I'm going to find this metric, and it, yep. it's – it's really a wonder to to listen to him work, to watch him work. But it does speak to just the general lack of belief in the Seahawks. But as we've talked about before, one thing I think we can't forget here is that there's been no indication that the Seahawks want to or believe that they are actually in a full rebuild mode. Like Pete mm. Carroll is not looking for that. So not uh, at his age. I that's think for uh, sure. you know I'm I'm going Rams. 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks, we agree in this division completely. We haven't given our playoff uh, predictions yet. I I haven't sussed all that out. We'll do that uh, probably tomorrow. But in the meantime, I feel like the 49ers, in my mind, feel like a playoff team. I, I will, I'll, yeah. I'll know. But the, mm-hmm. Cardinals, the Cardinals still feel like they're on the outside looking in. Yeah, and it's too bad because it felt like there was a little window there where you had a lot of hope in the Cardinals. And like I said, until they end the streak of that pattern of – late season fades and injury, I just can't believe in them, especially after the off-season drama with Kyler, especially after the weird contract stuff. It just makes you think that this isn't a team that's cut out to compete with the best. Well, again, we are about an hour away from the kickoff of the season, which means it's time to start breaking down one of the teams in that from the best way possible. What's the biggest Achilles heel for the Rams as they get to set to defend their Super Bowl title? We'll ask somebody in L.A. that knows this team incredibly well next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and, as always, the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Ooh, we're getting so close to the sky punching their ticket to the uh, WNBA Finals. Uh, But also to the NFL getting started tonight. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're going to talk about both. It's ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget you can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. Let's bring in Alan Sliwa of the Travis and Sliwa show. Uh, Before we get into the details of tonight's game and the excitement about the NFL being back, I want to vibe check on Rams fans. They got a lot of slack for not being super into this team. There's so many other things going on, but now they're Super Bowl champions. Does it feel demonstrably different coming into this season? So it's kind of funny, and and you're right about that. I mean, you could look at the – NFC championship game or week 17, uh, the Rams and the Niners. 
this is you know part of the struggle. I think that's just going to take time out here in Los Angeles. But I, I do feel that tonight is special. I mean, how can it not be? This is the first time since the 80s that you're hanging a Super Bowl banner in Los Angeles. With all that said, I, I will be a little cautious on this one. I'm not surprised that there's going to be a lot of Bills fans out here. And um, this is just, I think, part of what comes with L.A. for now. But uh, no question about it, there is a buzz here in Los Angeles. And obviously for the Rams, this wasn't a one-and-done season. They'll they'll be right there again this year. And who knows, this could be a Super Bowl matchup. It's With that same regard, though, it feels almost like when the city and the fan base is a little quieter, does it change some level of the pressure that usual champions feel to repeat? You know, I, this is this is the one thing I will say about football in Los Angeles. The Dodgers, when it comes to baseball, they have such an unbelievable fan base and great history here in L.A. The Lakers, I don't need to give any examples. And even if you want to kind of start, look at USC and, and how quick things can change by getting the right coach and all of a sudden the expectations are there. Football's weird out here. It really is. I mean, they went so many years without having representation. I know we're doing our show this morning as an example, and we're talking about the Raiders and the Chargers game coming up this Sunday. Um, of course, there's a lot of Raider fans in Los Angeles. Of course, there's um, a, a lot of transplants that live in L.A. that are, are have some type of affiliation somewhere else. I don't know if the pressure is on the Rams of, hey, you got to repeat. I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't really – figure out what else they could have done over the last five years. It's actually their seventh season now, but the, the first season with, uh, which, with Coach Fisher. I, I don't know what else you can do over this span of time to convince the city that, hey, you got the right team, you got the right squad, you got the right organization. I think time is just what's going to need to, uh, need to take its course. Alan Sliwa is with us talking Rams. You can follow him at Alan Sliwa. You know, there's a lot on the line tonight, not just for this team wanting to show out in their first game post-Super Bowl, but also McVay's record. He's a perfect 5-0 and in Week 1 games and a perfect 81 games as head coach of the Rams without ever slipping below 500. Obviously, a loss tonight would end that streak. What must happen tonight for that to happen? What do you see would be the thing that would trip up the Rams in this opener against the Bills? So just the way you just described that, some of those stats with Sean McVay, never been a coach in the NFL where he's ever been under 500. That, mm-hmm. that, just, that Honestly, that, that makes no sense. I, I think some <laughs> of the keys for the Rams, there, there's, some, there's some interesting things to – I know it's just week one. Both teams are obviously incredibly, incredibly uh, talented. I, I think for the Rams, there's, there's a stat that stands out to me, and, and we'll all kind of watch Matt Stafford. It's this – I almost felt like they've been overselling this. No, his elbow's fine. Everything is great. And I'm curious to, to see Stafford, and I know it's just uh, it's early on in the season, but something to keep in mind, when he threw zero or one interceptions last year, they were 10-2. and Any time that he threw over uh, two interceptions or more, I think they were 2-3, and three, something like that. And I'm referring to the regular season. They kind of go as Stafford goes. If Stafford plays well, uh, as we saw so many times last year, there's a good chance they're going to win that game. I always look at that. I, I think that part's interesting. Um, everywhere else, you know, I, I think you look at some of their losses in the offseason, how significant will those be? Is it going to take time for the team to just gel? Um, a lot of there, There's a lot of players from the Buffalo Bills 
um, that are returning. I think there's probably more continuity there. I think the Rams, you're just, you know, shuffling some of the new players that you got, whether it's Bobby Wagner or it's Allen Robinson. So I, I, maybe it's just going to take a little time for the Rams to gel. Um, that's where I think there's a little bit of opportunity for the Buffalo Bills to try to take advantage of. But I think if Stafford has a good game, I think if it's, if it's low in turnovers, they have one, maybe two turnovers at top, even though I think that's probably a little too much, then they probably win the game. Alan, you just mentioned some of the players. One notable, Von Miller, no longer a Ram, now a Bill. What impact does he have in this game to you? Well, I, I, this, I think the impact comes with, you know, if you're the Buffalo Bills, you're trying to figure out, you're not going to stop Aaron Donald. That's not going to happen. But one of the things that Von Miller provided when he was on the Rams, you also couldn't put, um, you can't shift all your attention to Aaron Donald because it's still dangerous when you got Von Miller that's on that team. Well, Von Miller is now gone. So what, well, the way I look at it, it's less about Von Miller is obviously going to bring a lot to the table for the Buffalo Bills. I guess the question mark for me is, is the focus and attention that you could focus on Aaron Donald because he is the best defensive player in the NFL. Is that focus, is, is there still a threat on the other side? And that's, I, I don't have that answer. And, and I think that's what's most interesting to me is can the Rams defense the Rams defense, they got stars too. And whether it's Jalen Ramsey pretty much taking up half of the field or it's Aaron Donald taking so much attention, do they still have – you got those star players, but can those other players that are role players, fifth rounders, sixth rounders, can they kind of come in and still fit the, uh, the need that the Rams have? They're going to actually have to. They're so top-heavy, and there isn't all that much depth. That part I'm curious about. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. You could find Alan Sliwa on ESPN LA 710, the Travis and Sliwa show. I was listening to an ESPN podcast, Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny, and her guests asked her when she said she thinks Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league, what would Cooper Cup have to do to take that spot after a season like last year? So how can he elevate after what we already saw? Man, I, I that's funny. I, I, I was doing my um... – and uh, as we all are this time, you're doing your fancy football draft. And um, I spent all last season, I felt like I felt like every week that went for the Rams, I'm like, why didn't I just take Cooper Cup? Why didn't I just make my life that much easier? <laughs> and I ended up taking Cooper Cup. I took him second overall, which goes against, you know, you're supposed to take running backs, everything else. I don't know what else he can do. I mean, I, I just, I think about, you know, what comes to mind for me, put the numbers aside for a quick second. In that Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals, um, you know, at that time, obviously, Odell Beckham got, uh, gets injured, and you're in the second half, and everybody knew Stafford was going to throw the ball to Cooper Cup, and nobody can do anything about it. And Cooper Cup was still getting open. And that, that to me, is just the true sign of an absolute superstar. I know the ball is going to him, and I can't do anything about it. It makes me kind of – it makes me think of – you know, think of some of the great NBA players. You know Kobe is going to fade away uh, at the baseline, 18 feet away, and two guys are going to get on him. And there's just nothing you could do about it, or Michael yep. Jordan, or LeBron, or whatever the case is. And Cooper Cup's that player in the NFL where I know he's going – I know Stafford wants to go to him, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Stats are going to say one thing. I look back at that Super Bowl – uh, everything, you know, literally the Super Bowl on the line, all the money on the line, and Cooper Cup still finds a way to um, to, to, to give Stafford an option to go to. Uh, 
whether whether statistically he's the best or he's not, even though I think most of the stats will say that he is, um, I, I think he's just such a key, huge piece, and there's many times defenses just have no answer for him. Alan, real quick before we get you out of here, man, I got a little mouse told me, also known as your producer, Emily, who I've been friends with for a long time, that we're trying to get you uh, in, I don't know, some silver and black, maybe uh, in the black hole, maybe maybe a Raiders fan, maybe you want to join me rooting for the Raiders this year? Yeah, it's a, little, it's, it's a little interesting situation. So, I'm listen, this is just a pure personal thing. I'm born and raised in San Diego, so I obviously, growing up, was at Qualcomm Stadium and I was going to Charger games. And like a lot of people from San Diego, devastated when the team got pulled from the city. I think still a lot of people refer to them as the San Diego Chargers, but they're not. They're out here in L.A. So I, I'm, a, I'm an interesting free agent. I've decided to go to the Raiders-Chargers game for week one this upcoming Sunday at SoFi. And uh, I'm going as a half anti-Chargers and the other half, I ah, might as well throw some Raider gear on as well. So I, I think I'm trying to, I guess, I don't know if people are recruiting me, but people all of a sudden on Twitter are like, come on down. So that's kind of where I am right now. When, and may, when, maybe in a couple of weeks, I'm all in. When you're ready to go to Allegiant, uh, the, the drinks are on me. I'll, I'll, you know what? We'll, I'll make you a Raiders fan one way or the other. It's not going to be fun for you. Careful it's a miserable with those existence. Promises, Alan, but, you know, Care, careful with those promises. Uh, yeah. Before my Bears went in there and beat the brakes off the Raiders last year, there were a lot of promises about <laughs> seats and drinks and other things from Fitz. But uh, uh, maybe this year, clean slate. Clean slate for everybody. Just think about it, man. Like, just look at the Super Bowl history. You might want to pick a different team, but if you want to be a Raiders <laughs> fan, I will talk you into it all day. There every we day. go. There we go. Hey, uh, Alan, thanks I'm, for the I'm time. Open ears. Thank you. There you go. Thank you, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, yeah, we'll have to have you back to talk about how the Raiders' romance is going. There you go. Sounds good, guys. Thanks, brother. Travis and Sliwa is the show. At Alan Sliwa is where you can follow him. It's Spain and Fitz. Go switch gears for a minute. We've got a pivotal game five with a finals trip on the line for the sky and sun coming up. Also, we got some NFL big deal or no deal. It's coming up next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. The NFL is so close. We can taste it. It tastes like a helmet full of nachos and a salty pretzel. But before we can get back to the you NFL. Realize, wait, wait, I'm just going to have to stop you there. You realize yeah, how tempting so that. Like, I'm so I, I, sorry. I've been eating clean for a diet. month. I, like, I just, ate, chicken over I just there. ate two pieces of uh, unseasoned chicken. I went full Orlovsky with chicken make and it for you? Yeah, there you go. Like, this is all I'm doing. I yellow mustard on my chicken was the best mm. I could do. And like, and now you're giving me nachos. I have no idea how I'm going to make it through so a Raiders sorry. game. I have no idea. No alcohol, no bad food. Good Make God. some uh, cauliflower wings. Just, uh, 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 all right. It's Bain and Fitz, Sarah's Bain, Jason Fitz, CSPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're going to get right back to the NFL, but quickly. I need to un- unleash a little bit. I need to let off some steam. I am very stressed right now, not only because we will be doing our show during the Sky St- Sun game and the NFL game, and that's really, it, it's very upsetting to me because uh, I need my focus, but also because if the Sun beat the Sky tonight, it's all over. The run to repeat is over, and it will be a Sky team that beat the Sun in all four regular season meetings and just can't get their you-know-what together in this postseason. Fitz, they gave up 104 points in Game 4, the most they gave up all season to any team. They gave up 26 more points in the paint than the Sun were averaging. The Sun set a record for points in the paint after earlier in the season I'm sorry, in the series, making it almost impossible for them to get good looks inside. I don't know what's happened to my very talented, very deep Chicago sky, 
but they better come out hot and not get behind tonight like they did in game four, or it's a wrap. I think the result out of their last game is the most surprising result we've seen of the WNBA playoffs so far. Yeah. And I say that for a couple of reasons. One, as we've talked a lot about, the Sun have been playing a particularly aggressive, let's say it that way, style of defense. I thought coming into the last game that we would see an angry Chicago team that really came out and said, up yours, we're not going to stand for this anymore. And instead, it felt like Chicago came out the aggressor. Or, or sorry, sorry, Connecticut came out the aggressor, which yeah. surprised me a lot. So, you know, on my, in my mind, I want to sit here and say, the better team to me is Chicago, and they'll rise up at home and it'll be fine. But I don't know that it's that simple because I can't shake – that we saw, I think, one of their worst efforts in all of the playoffs mm -hmm. in a game that meant as much as the last one did. There's a couple things that give me pause. One is not so much the offense. The 80 points they scored the other night could have won them a game if they got stops, but the defense, and this is a defense that started to peak early in this postseason and has been good, but has not shown up the last couple games. Given up easy backdoor layups, and because of that, their offense, which is free-flowing and creative, um, works okay, but they don't score enough because they don't get any stops on the other end to keep up. Um, the other problem is Jonquel Jones. She is uncharacteristically quiet, so if she goes off tonight, they've been winning without her. If she just regresses to the mean of Jonquel Jones, she will be dominant, and that's scary to me. I am confident in the sky. I think they come out hot. I think they do what they're supposed to do, and I think they beat a team that they are better than and deeper than. But, man, did the last game give me pause a little bit. The one thing I know is that if the sky win, then I'll be hitting somebody up in Chicago. Like, ESPN should definitely send me to Chicago 100%. so that we can, we can hang out at game three, right? Uh, that only makes sense. Uh, if, the, if the sun win, then I'm hitting somebody up up here to go see the there Aces. Either, either way, it, some way I'm getting into this game. Like, that, that, that part I've figured out. But your point is absolutely valid. I, I just – there is a spot for me where I've said repeatedly throughout the playoffs, the one thing that I trust are the stars of the two best teams. And the stars of the two best teams have to play well for both of them to win. That's what happened for the Aces when they needed them the most. That's what I will believe I believe will happen for Chicago tonight when they need them the most. So I, I still think Chicago wins this, but Connecticut has made it much uglier than I expected. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's pretty wild, too. The Sky are getting like 90% of the action. Uh, despite it being uh, winner-take-all game five uh, because they're just a better team and they have been all season. So uh, the betting folks believe in the sky. Hopefully they'll come through. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're going to do a quick NFL big deal or no deal. We're going to fly through these Fitz. I'm going to start with Matt Stafford. We've got, sorry, Matthew Stafford. Uh, underwent an off-season elbow procedure per sources. We had heard back in the spring that he had gotten an injection. Now we've heard an injection and a procedure, but he says he felt better than ever. Big deal or no deal, this elbow all season? Yeah, I, I think it's actually a big deal, even though Shefty pointed out that he says he feels better this year. I still think it's a big deal because if you felt bad last year, you had a procedure, and you still don't feel great this year, Like I, to me, at some point, that stacks up. So I think it's a big deal. I think it's no deal. I'm I, I'm gonna be certain that they're paying attention to it all season, and and you know not completely sure that it's gonna be good all year long. And they may even temper how much he's throwing in order to 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 keep him healthy. But I think they've been honest all along, and they're saying he's fine. I think he's gonna be fine. Uh, now it's just a matter of what kind of load they put on that arm all season long. They depended on it a lot last year. All right, Christian McCaffrey. Ah. Uh, this is just such a bummer. 
He played all 16 games in his first three NFL seasons, but now it's just been injuries, 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 and he's starting another season on the injury report. A cleat cut his shin. Still practicing for week one. My guess is he's going to play, but big deal or no deal on McCaffrey yet again, coming in a little bit hurt. Like, I don't think this specific injury is a deal, but I do think this, like, at some point you got to realize that whatever you did to the injury gods, it's just, it, it, you, you mm-hmm. lost. Like, the karma of the injury gods are sitting up there, and they're like, nope, I've had enough. So He needs that, a shrine of some sort that, <laughs> to, to offer and apologize for whatever he did. That You were a thousand percent right. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say not a big deal because it's just a cut right now. Uh, but always keeping an eye on McCaffrey in that way. Uh, NFL big deal or no deal. Dak Prescott, limited in practice, got new cleats, and they bothered his ankle. That surgically repaired right ankle feeling uncomfortable. Now listen, as somebody who's had the wrong pair of shoes, in fact, the sponsor for Cornell Track and Field was a shoe company that I quickly learned gave my feet major issues, and I had to go separately through a different company for all of my 11 different heptathlon shoes because it's different shoes for every event. And it can cause serious injury, but if you get it quickly, it's just uncomfortable. And that's what I think this is. Switched his shoes, said he's good to go. I think this is no deal. Yeah, you know, I, I, this is me wearing chucks on a walk. You know, they're just not comfortable after a long time. I totally get it. I'm basically Dak Prescott. No deal. He's going to be just <laughs> fine. Like, they spend too much money and, and too much effort on, on what they do to athletes' cleats at this point. He'll be just fine. Yeah, it certainly feels like the Cowboys have a bunch more issues than whether Dak's shoes are too tight. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. We're going to get to Lamar Jackson a little later in the show. we got some sound I want to play, so I'm going to hold off on that because he spoke today and put a deadline on that contract, and we'll ask later in the show. Uh, we'll ask you guys now as well, at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. You can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Is it a big deal or no deal if Lamar Jackson plays the season without a new contract. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. You'll hear from him. But coming up, how are the Bills handling the lofty expectations this season? Fitz, this is a team that is coming in as Josh Allen MVP favorite, team as Super Bowl favorite. It's been a while since there's been that kind of hype in Buffalo. We're going to get to someone who's around the team and the fans every day. See what he says next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. 